Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Feeling okay today, and I'll tell you why. I mean, it's it's been a sad week. I know it's, I, I don't mean to downgrade the sadness over what happened with the Queen. Um, but, you know, one town around these parts has a Chick-fil-A outlet in Waterloo. I happened to be in Waterloo today for a few minutes and was able to get Chick-fil-A. I don't know how in the world we don't have a Chick-fil-A outlet in Hamilton. Might be for the better. I might weigh 400 pounds if that was the case, and all of my earnings might be being poured into Chick-fil-A. Have you ever had it? Oh, if you haven't, find one. Best fast food anywhere. It doesn't take a lot to make me have a good day. A, a chicken sandwich and I, I'm good to go. Uh, hey, welcome to the show. Scott Radley, as I say here on the Scott Radley Show. Amazing how that works. As always, the first segment of the Scott Radley Show is brought to you exclusively by fox40shop.com. For sport and for safety, it has to be fox40shop.com. Enter the promo code Radley at checkout and you will get 25% off your order. Now, we have a lot of stuff to get to today because it's Friday. It's the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. We have many topics to go through. We've got a great guest, too. Why don't I just bring, why don't I tell you who that is right off the bat? It's someone you hear a lot. And we don't get to take advantage of having him on the show very often. Um, a, because, you know, he's busy. And B, because I'm often feeling like I- I'm almost guilty for saying after you've done three hours of radio already, why don't you come back on my show and do a couple more? But you know what? He is always willing, and we always love having him on because he always brings good stuff to the conversation. Uh, his name is Bill Kelly. You may be familiar. Uh, Bill, how are you today? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, look, I wish we could do it more. But as I say, uh, the, the guilt of saying, hey, just work your whole day and then work more is, um, you know, it hits me. It hits me. So, but I do, well, I you know, don't it's, appreciate it's Friday night. And I mean, the tradition in the Kelly household is we clean up the, the supper dishes and we all as a family gather around the radio and listen to Scott Radley. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I was going to be here anyway. So you warm up a nice cup of Ovaltine by the blazing yeah, fire exactly. and the big, and the big, you know, wooden radio, like in the old days where the family yeah, gathered. Yeah, I, yeah. There it is. That 900. There he is. I got him. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I was just talking about how, you know, I stop at Chick-fil-A. My, my, it, it is very easy to please me. It doesn't much. Where, what is the Bill Kelly go-to fast food thing? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't usually, I mean, I like pizza. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, that sort of thing. Uh, I have my, my preferences for hamburgers and places like that. I mean, if I really want to have a, a, a big feast for myself and someplace I really want to treat myself and, and, People in this area would know this. I I, I go to Easterbrooks for the footlong yeah. hot dogs. Yeah, that, you know, and and you know, and that I'm telling you, boy, uh, the dogs, the cheeseburgers, the, the milkshakes. I mean, it's just it's heaven on earth to go out there, and uh, and it's you know, as you've seen, you've been out there a bunch of times too. It's it's just full of nostalgia and Hamilton history and a lot of uh, celebrities, past and present. You know, I've got the pictures up there and the autographs, and 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 it's it's really kind of a cool place. Don't do it, it often, but you know, that's what makes it special when you do do it. It is a great place and it is heaven on earth, except for my wife, because I always get the breathalyzer, which is onions and garlic sauce. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's anything but heaven on earth. And the ride home, when you, you, you let a little burp in the car and the whole car suddenly is filled with garlic and onions. So, uh, but yes, that, that is a, that is a so great what's, choice. What's the big thing with this? Was it Chick, Chick-fil-A? Have you ever had Chick-fil-A? No, no. Okay. So first of all, just in case anyone's wondering, neither Bill nor I are sponsored by Easterbrooks or Chick-fil-A. No, 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 no. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is just, it's just, it's a basic chicken sandwich with two dill pickles on it and some sauce. And it's, but it's not, it's just, I don't know how to just, I don't know what separates it, except that it doesn't have a lot of crap all over it. I hate those chicken sandwiches that are covered in coating and stuff where they're, yeah, this is just, it's very simple. It's just a big, thick, chunk of chicken breast with bread and pickles that's it and sauce is it, is it breaded chicken barely not breaded it's just got a little coating of something that's almost just like a a, a, a sprinkle i don't even know how you describe it if if you get a chance go find it. i would as i say i i hope they're going to sponsor us after today but it's it is it is the place <laughs> to go i'm telling you it is the place to go and i have to believe that because there's not all kinds of crap on it that i could 
I can excuse this and say, I can eat it regularly and it's not really fast food in the same fatty kind of way. I, I, I don't know about the nutritional well, I mean, value. Chicken, is, chicken is, is full of protein. It's high in protein. So this is, this is almost like health food. Thank you. See, I, you could have tofu or this. It's 50-50. It's one or the other. It's kale or Chick-fil-A. It's the same. Just this one tastes exactly. a lot better. It has the same effect on your body, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly it. Next time I sit down and someone says, you should eat kale, I'm going to say, no, I have Chick-fil-A. It does the same thing. Exactly. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Bill, it has been, um, you know, we were talking yesterday that the phrase historic gets wildly overused because we apply that now to everything. Everything is historic. This is this is one of those times these last couple of days when you can use that word and it applies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned on the program today, for an awful lot of people listening to this right now, Scott, uh, Queen Elizabeth is the only queen they've ever known. I mean, she was on the throne for 70 years, uh, which is remarkable. I think it's the second oldest. I, the King Louis of, of France, I think, uh, outdid her by a year or two, but that's about it. Uh, it's just remarkable, really, and uh, that, that that she has lasted as long as she has, and had, let's face it, in many ways had a, a huge impact. And you saw that today, with, I, I think over the last 24 hours especially, with the outpouring of, of support and, and, and the messages worldwide uh, from everyone uh, because of the impact that she had. She was a, a, almost a larger-than-life figure. Uh, which you know, for somebody who's about five foot one, is is remarkable mm-hmm. in and of itself. But but she had that that aura about her, and 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 you know when you get people like uh, you expect, okay, the prime minister of the UK and and our prime minister, other Commonwealth name, but when you have people like you know Vladimir Yovensky, he's got other things on his mind right now. But he he said his condolences. Other people have done that right across the world. It's it's a remarkable to see the reaction that's 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 the outpouring that we've seen in the last twenty four hours. 25 years ago, uh, and it's hard to remember this, 25 years ago, the Queen and Charles, but the Queen was really the villain of the end of the Diana story. And you wondered if she was going to revive her position with the British people. Um, You know, what we're seeing in the last day or so, it's not quite the same because Diana was shocking. She was very young and it was, you know, catches everyone off guard. But boy, you know what? It's the same sentiment you're hearing now to the Queen as you were with Diana about just how important she was to those people. Well, and you know what the message to take away from this, Scott is, and I know I've seen other comments on social media and I, I get them all the time. Every time we do any segment about, about the monarchy, ah, they should abolish it. Ah, it's a waste of time. Yada, 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 yada. But you look at what's happened here in the last 24 hours. And, it, and I think that shows you just how important the monarchy is to some people, uh, it, not in their everyday lives, but it matters to them. And the fact that it's there, I think, matters to them. And you saw that with Diana, certainly. And I, I think we saw that with the Queen, uh, with the, what we've seen over the last 24 hours or so. We are, uh, there's a, a story that was online, and I don't know how accurate this is. I'm assuming it's pretty close. That says that the monarchy, like when you're saying that people would say we should get rid of the monarchy, first of all, in Canada, it's very difficult. It would be incredibly difficult to untangle ourselves, almost to the point like, what's the point? What like, what is really going to be beneficial to us to not have the monarchy involved? Now they don't do much anyway, and to go through the whole rigmarole would be a lot. But in Britain, it they, they pay. I think it's about seventy million dollars a year it costs for the monarchy. I bet you it brings in. 10 to 20 times more money than that just in tourist dollars. They'd be insane to get rid of the monarchy over there for purely financial reasons alone. You've been to you, uh, to London, haven't you? I've stopped at Heathrow. In fact, I've never actually got out of the airport oh, and been okay. off uh, in right. London. It's one of the places I've I've I got to visit. The Purple Joe, I, I, two, two times, maybe three times, I guess. Um, you, you don't go to London without going to Buckingham Palace and, and doing the tour. I mean, we did the bus tour thing. Uh, and it was fabulous, but I mean, that's part of the tour. And of course the other, uh, castle just up the street there on the mall, uh, where, well, Prince William is living right now at the time it was Charles and Diana, I guess, uh, but the first time I was there, it was quite a long time ago, but it's, it's, it's ingrained in their culture there. And it's, it's part of the fabric of the, of the UK. It's part of the fabric of London, certainly. And, uh, for all the, the, the naysayers that say we need to get rid of it. I, I agree with you. I think there's 10 times, if not more people, uh, that would say no, it's it's fine. I know it's costing us a lot of money, but as you mentioned, um, it's 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 a tourist attraction for God's sakes, uh, and and there's there's that to it. But there's a sense of of 
of calm about this. And, and I think you've heard so many people talk about this over the last uh, day or so since the Queen passed, uh, about how steady she was. And it, I'll give you an example. Here's art imitating life, but it was art that was about life. Uh, we mentioned the King's speech, and now that's, we're talking about Charles III with this speech. But the movie that uh, that Colin Firth won an Oscar for, right. which was actually the movie about his uh, Elizabeth's father, uh, that one that segment at the end, right? And he's doing the speech just at the beginning of World War II, and and it was so beautifully filmed, you know, with people, you know, stopping at their work and listening to it, uh, and and getting faith from that. I mean, the king didn't make policy decisions, didn't decide to go to war, not to go to war, but you needed to hear from the monarch to to think that you know what we're going to be okay, and and I think Elizabeth carried that banner just like her dad did before that, and it meant a lot to an awful lot of people. And I and I said I think I said this on the show yesterday. Um, you know, it, there are a lot of people, as you say, who are very quick these days to say, "Get rid of this, get rid of that." This is why do we need this? I think you 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 get rid of some of your core traditions in your country, in your culture, at your peril. There are certain things that you may not, as I say, you may not be a huge fan. I, I'm not Bill. I'm not a diehard died in the wool monarchist i don't love the monarchy i don't hate the monarchy i'm i'm an, whatever it's, it's fine it's but you get rid of these traditions that really define your culture at your peril because once they're gone they're gone and then what is your culture what does your country stand for what's it all about what distinguishes it from all the other places and i know there are issues with you know people point to colonialism or all this i get all that stuff I don't know that you need to throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's still an integral, defining part of the British culture. Well, and, and which, is, by extension, is part of our culture. I mean, yep. you know, we exist at the behest of Queen Victoria way back when, uh, and you know, that's a great historical story. I, I, I just anytime anybody says Canadian history is dull, I said you just you know why? Because you don't know it. Uh, there's some great stories here, and 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 the work that went on between John A. Macdonald and others uh, to make this a country, uh, and and the work that went on in London, not just in Ottawa and, and or Kingston as it was back in those days, but th there's there's a significance to what's going on here, and the support for that, and and you look at, for instance, I know one of the days they talked about, and you've probably all seen the film clips over the last little while, is the the repatriation of the Constitution uh, mm -hmm. back in 1982 uh, with well. Then Pierre Trudeau, who was the prime minister at the time, that's a big deal. And, and you know, the, there's, that link is still there. And, you know, the, the, she is the official head of government. Okay, we get that. But at the same time, we're self-governing. It's not as if we're under somebody's thumb. And I agree with you. Look at, you want to go back in history, the, the stories of colonialism and, and the subjugation of, of some of these other was terrible at the time. And, and you know, the monarchs of that time should be admonished justifiably so. Uh, but, you know, don't. You know, don't hold Elizabeth on account for something that happened three centuries ago or two centuries ago or even a hundred years ago. That, that you know, I, I think what she had did in the 70 years that she was there, she elevated the role of the monarchy beyond that. It wasn't just a, it wasn't, you know, the British Empire anymore. We all know that. That's gone. That's gone. But it was the Commonwealth, which was a, an economic and, and a, a situation, of course, with a number of nations. And at the same time, there was a, a, an opportunity with countries leaning on each other. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Bill, just before the break, we were talking about the Queen. Let's let's push it forward a little bit here, because one of sure. the big discussion points already today, it's been a lot of discussion already about whether King Charles, I'm going to catch myself every time, the P starts yeah. coming to my mouth as soon as I say his name. Uh, King Charles, is he the right person? Is he the guy who can give the monarchists optimism that the monarchy is going to be in good hands and that that's going to be as popular as it was with the queen? What do you think? Well, let's put it this way. Um, Prince Charles, when he was Prince Charles, I mean, the Prince of Wales, uh, had, uh, let's, uh, I'll try to be as diplomatic. He had a checkered past. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, because yeah. of his marriage to Diana, because of the fact, and, and we all remember that interview that Diana did, of course, uh, where she said there were always three people in this marriage. And of course, she's referring to the fact that Charles still, you know, had something going on on the side. And that was problematic. And uh, if you watch the characterization, if anybody watched the the Netflix series, The Crown, uh, they don't paint him in a very good light as a young man, too. I mean, he was a, a, a well, a, kind of a wimpy guy that people didn't really like very much. Uh, so there's that. And and that's ingrained in some people's minds. And I get that. And I got to tell you, I, I, I had my reservations about the guy, too. Uh, 
but I watched his speech today uh, that he gave to to the world and to the people, about 18 minutes long, I think it was. And I thought, you know what? It's it's only been 24 hours, but I got the feeling, you know what? I think he can grow into this job. I think I think he 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 gave a great speech today. Uh, I, I we know they don't write those things, but I mean the way in which he delivered it, and I no, think but they his deliver passion it. for this. Yeah. And 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 I think that set the tone right now. And he, uh, you know, he vowed, as his mother did you know, 70 years ago, uh, to work for the people and be part of the people. And and I got to tell you, as, as one of the monarchist uh, uh, commentators uh, said earlier today, and I forget which one of the shows I've been watching stuff all day now for the last couple of days, um, he could have sat on his butt and done nothing as, as the Prince of Wales. You know, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going up there. But he was out there. You know, he was he's, he's done a great deal of work for charity. Uh, he does public appearances. He's been to Canada a lot and not as much as his mom, but we'll see what happens. But many, many times. And uh, I, I think he gets the job. I think he was. To, to use the old adage, he was raised properly uh, by his mom. And I think he has a, a very, very good idea of what this job entails and the work that has to go into it. Um, you know, he's not going to be as good as his mom today, but I, I get the feeling that, you know, he, he knows what he has to do. And I think he's going to do that. And I, I, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with him now than I was two or three months ago, as I've seen him start to understand exactly what's mm. going on. Because I think what he grasped today and what I saw today uh, from the time he got off that plane, they flew back to London earlier this morning. Uh, I think he understands that they need him right now. The people that, well, that love yeah. the Queen, yeah. uh, they they need Charles to be the king, and and I think he got that, and and that that's that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, two things. I mean, when you say that he gets it, well, he should. He's had seventy years of apprenticeship. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty long prep period, but. But the other thing, I I really, I thought kind of the same thing today when I watched his speech. I thought much better than I expected. Yeah. And probably, I mean, not that we wanted the Queen. Well, it's a really good thing the Queen lived as long as she did, because I think that if you had given him this job 25 years ago, it might have been a disaster. He's now 70, what, 73, 74, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he, he was, he was just a baby when she took the throne. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he was, he is now a, you know, he's a senior citizen, but you like to believe that someone who has lived life and, you know, had experiences good and bad, maybe has a little better perspective now. And I, I, I'm, I think that's the impression I get. Maybe he's just a better actor than I thought, but I was, today was a chance where it could have completely blown up. Honestly, if that speech had, if he had come across looking cold or looking um, too gleeful at suddenly being king or any of those things, boy, it, it could have been a bad start. I thought he did fine. You know, it's incredible. I, I'll use a comparator here. Uh, yesterday, as world leaders were expressing their grief and, and sorrow over, over the death of, of Elizabeth, and we saw a number of that. And uh, we saw our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, uh, with his comments about this. And uh, invariably, and you know, you and I have been in the media a long time, we, we know that these things are prepared by their handlers. Here's what you need to say. Here's the page that you need to read. And and that's great because they're usually wonderfully written. But I, when Trudeau spoke yesterday, there was a sense of compassion there and a sense of of, of him. Uh, he was totally shaken by her death. I mean, he he, he truly did admire her. And you talk, he wasn't just reading words. He was he was expressing his emotions. And and I thought that's that's incredible to to see that and to, and to give us that human moment and i saw i felt the same thing today scott when i saw king charles i go with prince charles king yeah. charles he wasn't just reading off a teleprompter uh there was emotion there there was feeling there there was compassion there and 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 you want that i don't want somebody to just read stuff to me i want somebody to tell me how they're feeling and what's going interesting. on interesting yeah interesting point bill because in fact i don't know that he was i don't know that he was reading off a teleprompter at all normally you would say you know we don't want you to look down at your notes but several times many times he actually did look down which told me as you just said this was not just a script on a piece of paper he was reading up front again i i let's see what happens because there are a lot of people, if you go on social media, there are all, or anywhere else, there's a lot of people who have already said when Elizabeth died, that's the end of the monarchy to me. Don't like this guy. Don't want this guy. Don't want a king. Uh, don't want a white man in power. I mean, look, it was going to be a white person in the family, you know, in the lineage nonetheless. But I, I, I'm, I'm interested, I'm going to be interested to see in those, in these few days, especially early on when he gets a chance to make a new first impression, whether he 
whether other people saw it the same way you and I apparently did. Well, that it was pretty good. Yeah, the, the next ten days are going to tell a big story here. I mean, there's a period of mourning. Uh, the, the 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 funeral, quote unquote, is is not going to be for another nine or ten days anyway. Uh, but there's a lot that has to happen in the meantime. And 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 I'm looking at this as as an observer, okay. Uh, and I saw, as I say, when he got off the plane today in London, when they flew back there, he and Camilla flew back there, uh, you know, and he could have, when they drove back, and we all watched the motorcade move, you know, from the airport uh, all the way back to Buckingham Palace. They could have just wheeled right through the gates and that was it. Uh, but he got out of the car on the outside of the gate and and engaged the people that were there, the thousands of people that were there. And, and that was important. And, and not just for a photo op, but you went, he went over to the lines, he shook hands, he talked to people. He was, he was, he was showing them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you here. And he went over and he and Camilla went over and, and they looked at the, the wonderful tributes that were there at the gates. Uh, and he spent some time doing that. And I, I, I think that matters to people to say, Hey, you know sure what, you does. understand, you, you know what, you, you, you acknowledge that we're here. You know, you're not Let me ask you a crazy question. Castle and, you know, you go by in a limo and that's it. And there are some people that do that. Uh, that was an important first step for him, I think, to engage in people like that. Because you're right. I think a lot of people might have had the impression of Charles over the years that he's 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 not like that. He's he, he's not engaged. He he's you know kind of withdrawn. And I, I think he showed a, a side of himself right now that that people needed to see at that time. Let me ask you a crazy question. Do you think because because it sounds odd under the circumstances? Do you think he maybe? I know it's been 25 years, but do you think he learned anything from? Diana and from in retrospect seeing how the people responded when she died and do you think that maybe he looked at that and said what did she do that made them love her so much and has absorbed any of that I think he's asked that every day since then I think he asked that 10 years before that I mean when they when they separated uh she didn't go away I mean the 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 people embraced her and because she was a wonderful person she was a giving person and and maybe that's a side of Charles that that he wasn't comfortable with, but I think he's developed it because. And I'm not think I don't think he's doing it for show. I think he understands that you know I need to be that person. I can't be Diana, but I can be that person that people can say he cares and and they, and they reach out and and engage in people like that. You know, it's not just you know you get out of the the limo walk the you know the the carriage or whatever it is that, you know, the taking the Royals from one thing to another and a little bit of a wave and everything. It's, it's, it's that, that's that interaction with the people that I think really matters. And his, his mom was great at it. I mean, she was so natural. I, I'm sure you've told stories. I had, you know, Ron Foxcroft on today. And of course he had that audience with the queen back when right. he was with the Argyles and Sutherland Highlanders right there. And was, he told me it was supposed to be a 10 minute session. It went on for over an hour. And he says, cause she wouldn't stop talking. Yeah, she, she, she had that warmth and and that sense of humor and that wit, and I, 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 I kind of getting the sense that that Charles has that too, and maybe this is this is in a, in a bizarre way his coming out. Mm. Well, and he has a disadvantage, uh, not only following in the footsteps of his very popular mother, but you know, she, I, I was not alive in the early days of her reign to remember what she was like and how comfortable she was in the role. But she had 70 years to make it work. He, he would have to live to be 145 to have that period of time. He's not going to. He's going to have a much shorter time. So you don't have time to figure it out. You have to hit the ground running if you're him because you don't want to waste what time you have, I would assume. She was 27 when she was crowned king or queen rather of, of England. Uh, very young. Uh, mind you, not. I'm not going to say young and inexperienced because she'd, she'd lived a life before that. I mean, she was in, you know, her dad was the king, of course, and they were always mm-hmm. in the public eye. And, and even then, if you talk to some of the, uh, the historians, uh, they'll tell you that even at a young age, people are saying, that daughter of his, she's, she's something special. And she was, yep. as, as it turned out. Uh, you know, in, she was 17, I think, when World War II broke out, and she begged her father to let her serve in, in service. And she, she was in the army. She was, she was, a, she was a nurse. Certainly she worked on the, but she was a mechanic. She mm-hmm. worked on the, the machine. driving a truck I mean, and yeah. Yeah. And, and, and working on the trucks too. I mean, you know, if the carburetor was out, she knew how to fix it. And, you know, and then she was putting people in there that were injured and she, she, that was not just, you know, Hey, it was a photo op. I mean, she served in world war two at the tender age of 17. And for a couple of years after that. So, she knew about life and she knew about suffering and she knew about people and, and about loss and grief. And, and I think she brought that with her. Uh, and, and I don't know that Charles had that experience. I, you know, obviously there's a different situation there, but 
Uh, I think he understands that. And I think, as you say, uh, if he's not going to be Elizabeth, nobody will be Elizabeth again, but he's learned. And I think he's, he's picked that up. And I think there's a, a much more mature approach to this than you're right that he would have had 25 years ago. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. Let me ask you if the world is ready for this, just to finish up with the Royals uh, today in a sort of peripheral thing. We learned this afternoon in a bit of marketing, I don't know if it's genius, but I would say cleverness. City TV has snatched up Lisa Laflamme to do their coverage of the Queen's funeral and, and things over there. Uh, we know Lisa Laflamme has been certainly in the news lately. So here's my question. Do you think that you do you think that we're going to see the kinds of unbelievable ratings figures for city tv that you would expect based on the number of people who have been angry about this or do you think that much of what was said was just people being angry because they wanted to be angry no no i, I gotta tell no i and i'm gonna say in the interest of full disclosure i don't know lisa laflamme okay I've, I've never met her i've never had the pleasure uh, but i've been a fan i mean i i watched Lisa LaFlamme when she was a local newscaster in Kitchener at CKCO TV channel 13 way back when. And you, you know, Scott, you've been in the, in the journalism business, the broadcast business for a long time. You, you kind of look at people and say, they got it. That person's got it. And so it didn't surprise me when she moved from Kitchener to Toronto to the national network, et cetera. She's, she's brilliant at what she does. And, and I, like a lot of other people shared my angst and my anger when these the, Clowns at Bell decided to let her go, and whether it's because of gray hair or the sexism, ageism, I think I think it was a combination of all of them. Uh, and kudos to Rogers. Whoa, I never thought I'd say that on the air. Kudos to Rogers. Uh, <laughs> but but it was a masterstroke to get her. She's a freelancer, um, so I you know I, we already know that she has a non disclosure agreement with her contract, but apparently she doesn't have a, a not compete clause because there she is. And, and I saw the reaction on social media today from just about everybody. So CTV, to hell with you. I'm turning to city. I, I don't know what the ratings are going to be like. As a matter of fact, just as you and I started the conversation, I, the TV here in my my studio, uh, I, I had city on and there's Lisa. And now the, the, the problem they're going to have here is city TV doesn't do 24-hour news. Uh, so she's not going to be on all the time as she would on that other network that let her go. So I don't know what the ratings are going to be like, but I, yeah, you're right. I saw so many people saying, I want Lisa. I'm going to watch Lisa. And you know what? So will I. And, and well, we'll see. Omar over at CTV, yeah, you know, I, yes, I don't know him yeah. either, but I'm sure he's a, a wonderful man and he's a pretty good broadcaster and journalist, but boy, he's, you know, people, there's so much anger about this to this day. And, and people were saying, who's going to hire you? You know, the stories, they were, oh, CBC should get her. Well, Rogers did. And it's going to be interesting to see just how they parlay this. I mean, because let's face it, as we just talked about a few minutes ago, the funeral for the Queen is 10 days long. So Lisa LaFlamme is going to get a lot of airtime on CP24, City TV, et cetera, all mm -hmm. the Rogers outlets, and of course the online stuff too. And um, I, I can tell you one thing I know for a fact is that Vice President or whoever it was at CTV that's already on leave right now is thinking, God, can it get any worse? What you, you know, <laughs> well, you throw it in Omar, my face right now. As you said, poor Omar. I mean, honestly, I, all along I've been thinking it's like he's been out trick or treating, and someone put a bag of dog poop in his <laughs> trick or treat bag because I mean, he's been he's been handed the worst possible situation, and he's he seems like a good guy and a good broad. It has nothing to do with him. But back to this one with Lisa Laflamme, I I'm going to be totally interested. To see, I, I'm not. I'm not disputing anything you've said that she's an excellent broadcaster. That people felt very upset about this, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be very interested to see when we do see the ratings numbers. If the anger that people had translates into eyeballs, or as I say, if it's just we live in an angry time and this was a great opportunity to jump on something that it was easy to be angry about. I hope well, it's gonna, the former, not the latter. But I'm going to take it to the next level. This wasn't just about anger, and and. You know, I've been in this business for a few years now, and and as I said the day that they canned her, what these guys didn't seem to grasp, and, and usually it doesn't happen with the bean counters up in the upper echelons of these, you know, office buildings, people trusted Lisa LaFlamme. She was the, like, like they trusted Lloyd Robertson, like they trusted Peter Mansbridge. It wasn't just that, hey, they were great journalists. They were, uh, but there was a trust there to say, you know what? I want to find out what's going on. I want to see what Lisa has to say. I want to see what Peter has to say, or Lloyd, or Walter Cronkite, if you want to go back a few generations. And they just threw that out the window and said, no, we're going to stick another face. You know what? Just take this one out and put this one in. You can't do that. 
not when it comes to what people want to do and, and people lean on. There's a matter of honesty and trust and, and reliability. And, and and you know what? She had to earn that. She was in this business for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And, and when Lloyd Robertson retired and she was given the job, the ratings didn't skyrocket. It takes time. It takes time for anything like that to happen. But it did happen. And these guys just think, you know what? I can just put another face in there. Uh, that's not the case. They I like don't disagree. Poster. I don't disagree with that, Bill. But what's going to happen is, uh, I think, CTV, everyone is going to be looking and seeing how the ratings do for the funeral. Because you know people are going to be watching. Lots of people are going to watch the funeral. And if it turns out that the numbers for City don't dramatically change... It's going to send the message, I think, to all the people, as you thought, the bean counters, you know, all those people who were screaming and yelling on social media and everywhere else didn't really translate into anything. This, this, I, 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 I'm gonna make to. A, I, you know what? I bet it does. And I, I'm, I think, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, it will. I'm channel I hope surfing, it will. by the way. I'm channel surfing. And uh, Michelle Dubay, who I know anyway, she's former CHCH. Yeah. A nice lady, wonderful lady. And I, I like her a lot. And we've known each other for a while. She's over in London right now. And and you know what she's she's fabulous and I hope I hope she does well. But everybody who's turning into CTV right now says that should be Lisa, you know, Michelle. I love you. You you're great, but that should be Lisa. And, and that kind of anger and resentment. I, it's not anger at this point right now, but they're simply going to say, you know what? I'm tuning out. I'm going to go over there and see what she's doing. Yeah. The problem is 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 the platform. Like I say, it's not a news. You know, Rogers doesn't have a news network. Uh, they, they don't have 24-hour news where she can be on all the time, like Lisa was on CTV, where she'd say, okay, we're doing the coverage, and she was on for four, five, six hours at a time, like with the Pope's visit. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how that's going to translate into ratings, because people may just say, well, well, she's only up for five minutes, and now she's leaving. So it's the, the platform may be problematic for this, but the message is pretty clear, is that you know she's she's not going away. And, and I think CTV mm. is right now... Uh, a lot of people right now, I mean, they, they had honchos up in the, the ivory towers right now saying, Jesus, is it ever going to end? No, it's not. It's not <laughs> going to go one away. Prediction. I'll make one prediction. When she does come on the air in England, her hair will be gray. <laughs> there is no, there is zero chance they change her hair. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. One of the things, Bill, and we did talk about this on the show last night as well, in the midst of all this, there are a number of people, we know the Liberals are having their annual uh, party convention in Vancouver, their meetings, not really a convention, their meetings. Uh, we know that the Conservatives are probably going to elect Pierre Polyev this weekend as their leader. There are those who say, you know, I know the Liberals have this backing from the NDP that'll prop them up until 2025, but don't believe it. There is an election coming and it may come sooner than later because the liberals may think here's our chance to get the voters back to the polls before everyone can get to know for better or for worse Pierre Polyev. Get him when he's off balance a little bit and not with sure footing because he's just getting set up. What do you think about the idea? Do you think it's a reasonable thing to imagine that November, maybe December, we're back to the polls? No, absolutely not. Uh, uh, and, and notwithstanding that, you know, the temptation that might be there. Okay. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, let's, let's, you know, cut the drama right out of this. Polyev is going to be the new leader of the party. We know that. Uh, but he's already laid his cards on the table. We know what this guy's all about. And, and you've seen the polling on this, Scott, over the last couple of months. Uh, Canadians don't like the guy very much. You know, yeah, okay, he's going to win. And conservatives think, yeah, this is fabulous. But the majority of Canadian voters are saying we don't we don't know the guy we don't like him, uh, and and I can that's and that's going to feed that idea about the temptation to say well let's pull the plug, but let's recent history suggests that you know he tried that a year ago and it didn't work, uh, you know uh, yeah he beat Aaron O'Toole and he won another minority government, but let, let's look at the dynamic here okay, um, we've just gone through a federal election less than a year ago. A uh, provincial election back in the spring, a uh, municipal election coming up in just a few weeks at the, end of the third week of October, I guess it is. Uh, you call another election right now. We're electioned out right now. And, 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 and you saw the pushback when, when they called this last federal election back in the fall. Uh, it, was, it was dubbed as the election nobody wanted. And there's some validity to that. If they do it again, I, I think there's going to be a huge pushback. No matter what they think of Polyev or anybody else, they may just say, you know what, let's just blow this up. We don't need this anymore. So I don't I don't think conventional wisdom or political wisdom suggests that he should do this. 
And I, I'd be very surprised if something like that happened and at, at this particular time anyway. Uh, so, you know, we, we need to just kind of, you know, pull back a little bit and watch what's going on here. And, and I would suggest, and I, you know, I don't have any skin in this game here as far as the political aspect of it is concerned. But if I were a liberal strategist, and I'm not, and never will be, and never have been, uh, I would tell them, you know what, hold your powder. If you think this guy is, is you know, the devil incarnate, let people find that out. You know, let him sit there and let him, you know, rant and rave about this in the in the house, and and maybe you know, sometime down the road. But right now, any government, in this case, it's the Trudeau government. What they have to do at this stage is they have to get some wins. They have to say, you know what, look at what we've done. Uh, yeah, we got we sort of got through the pandemic, but you know, we've got this huge thing, tame inflation. Let's do some things. The dental program that they talked about, good idea. Uh, you know, the GST rebate increase, that's a good idea. Let that soak in for just a little bit. And and if I were smart, advising them to be smart, I, nothing in the fall. Maybe, maybe in the spring, you might look at this and say, look at this, inflation's been tame, things are good. You know, the sun is shining, everybody's fine. You might entertain that idea right now, but not not for at least another nine or ten months. Well, and and I mean, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I'm not sure it's not going to happen, but I mean, look, the the idea that you might do it now for some reason because you think this is a winning moment, that's fine if you're if you're looking at Pierre at the leadership alone as the thing you're competing against. But there's something else the Liberals are competing against right now, and that is the economy. And you may be able right now with the Bank of Canada, you may be able to bring down inflation. So many experts are saying, you know, bringing down inflation is probably going to lead to a recession. And I don't think that there is a government on planet Earth that is enthusiastic about going to the polls in the middle of a recession. You'd be, you'd have to be pretty darn cocky about your whatever, about your background, about your plan, about to go to the polls by choice in the middle of a recession would be, that would be something. Okay, there's a couple of things at play here that, that I think we need to talk about because the Bank of Canada has a strategy. And and sadly, it's the same strategy they've been using for the last 25, 30 years. Oh, you know, oh, God, inflation. Okay, let's, you know, jack interest rates up, get people to stop spending money, and cause all sorts of grief, and inflation will come down. And and that's the way things used to be. And, and to a certain extent, it worked. There was a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. But it did bring inflation down. And the government could say, see, we tamed inflation. Sorry you lost your job, by the way. Uh, you gave up your house, <laughs> you know, you'll get over it. But that was then and this is now. What caused this inflation was not what caused every other inflation previous to this. We had a pandemic, Scott. We had uh, so that blew everything out of the water. You know, this idea about, you know, well, we can do this, this, and this. Uh, we had supply chain problems. We had people that were laid off because they couldn't go to work. We had, you know, production decrease. That's what's caused this inflation. It's not the same ball game. The Bank of Canada doesn't get that. They got blinders on. They said, "Oh, inflation! Help! Oh, push this button. Let's raise inflation." And and if, and here's a classic example of it. They've been doing this now for the last little while. I mean, we've had a three percent increase now in 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 interest rates in the last little while, which is killing people in some circumstances. And they're saying, well, inflation's going down. But those same economists said that if you do that, it's going to take 12 to 18 months for that to actually show. So why is it happening now? I would suggest it's because the reasons they thought were going are, don't even exist. The supply chain issues are being resolved. People are going back to work. That's what's bringing inflation down, not what the Bank of Canada is doing. And you're right. What the Bank of Canada is doing is probably going to cause a recession. And I would suggest... We probably don't need to be doing that. You know, I tell Tiff Micklin, everybody, Macklin, back off. Let let things evolve. I'm not suggesting everything's going to solve itself, but it seems as if the things that caused this particular inflation, pandemic in other words, are starting to resolve themselves. Stop trying to manhandle everything and let's the market work itself. I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's going to be the panacea and everything's going to be fine, but I think they're being far too... Uh, proactive in this and reactive to this. And I think you're right. They're going to cause a problem that's going to take us an awful lot longer to get out of. Yeah. And, and the other thing about this, uh, this question about the election is, um, and you know, and you point out that, well, Canadians don't like Pierre Polyev and you know what, there are polls that show that Canadians 
aren't a big fan of his. There's also polls that show young people are moving towards Pierre Polyev. And so if you're the liberals, the other thing you have to concern yourself with is which poll do we believe? Because there are right now, there are contradictory polls out there. And so we've seen in not just Canadian elections, but in the US elections over the last number, uh, polls, most of them are not worth the paper they're printed on. They have been very wrong, many of them. So if you're the liberals, are you confident enough that in your polling to believe that to the point where you will risk your government? And I, again, if I'm, if I'm a liberal strategist, I'm not positive unless I start to see every poll moving that way. I'm not sure that I want to take that chance. Well, yeah, but here's the other element of this. I mean, times are tough for an awful lot of people right now. We've talked about this, and we we understand the impact that it's having on on mortgage rates, on on cost of living, on groceries, everything else. And and what Polyev has done, and I talked about this on my commentary earlier this morning on on our show. Uh, he's basically said it's all their fault. It's the government's fault. That you know, Justin Trudeau, the reason that inflation is high is him. The reason that supply chains are problem is him which is BS, quite frankly. But when people are angry, they want somebody to blame. And here he is simply saying, it's, 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 the same, it's the same playbook Trump used. You get your problems, you know what? It's the Latinos, it's the Muslims, it's this, it's that. And they attack our institutions. You know, Pauliev wants to tear down the Bank of Canada. He wants to tear down the banks. Scott, we have one of the steadiest and most impressive banking systems in the world. He wants to blow it apart. He wants What he's doing is simply, he's not offering solutions. He's offering to blow everything up without any alternatives. And, and when you're angry, you say, yeah, you're right. That guy's a jerk. Get rid of him. Get rid of that institution. Yeah, my bank can raise the interest rates. Let's get rid of that. That's not the solution. But when they're angry, they go for that. And, and I think that's what you're seeing right now with some people are saying gravitating and say, yeah, we want somebody to blame and we're going to do that. And, and, and people that don't have any substance do that to try to gain political strength. But it, there are not long-term solutions. I mean, you know, they elected Trump four years ago. The economy went down the dumper. Everything else went down the dumper. And the people finally realized, well, some people realized, gee, maybe, maybe he didn't have all the answers. And I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with Paulia, but I mean, he's playing that card right now. And it's, it's playing right now well with a certain element and with well, people that are being is, impacted by this. It is because you also have on the other side, the prime minister who came in as Sunny Ways has lost that Sunny Ways thing. And whether you agree or disagree with people who don't get vaccines or people who disagree with you politically, he has said some things that are regrettable, quite honestly, that are very divisive, the Prime Minister has, that I think if he could go back, I would hope that he would say, I would like to redo that one. I'd like to have a do-over, and everyone gets a do-over at times. I, I think that we are in, Bill, an angry time. Both sides are angrier now. I, I, don't, I don't think that you could look at Canada right now and say, despite the fact that Trudeau came in and said, I want to be sunny ways, I don't think you can look at this country and say, we are a more cohesive, more together country today than we were seven years ago. There's no way no, you can say that. No, but, but, you know, neither is the UK, neither is the United States of America right now. I mean, you know, the, the problems we've just gone through over the last well, almost three years now hmm. with, the, with the COVID pandemic uh, have, have instilled that in us right now. So we're angry. And, and every time that we, we're in dire circumstances, and God knows we've been in dire circumstances, we tend to look at government and say, well, let's fix this. And, and, you know, in the initial stages of the pandemic, everybody praised Trudeau. Oh, God, he's giving us money, the, the, all these programs. Well, that caused inflation. But at the time, it was a great idea. Now we're looking at the consequences of that, and we're saying, well, it's not the right idea. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that Trudeau had all the answers. I think, I think he's made a lot of missteps. But to simply say, okay, uh, there's, a, there's a famous quote that Trump made that a, a great uh, journalist from the Washington Post, Phil Rucker, wrote a book about uh, Trump said, I alone can fix this. And, and Polyev is basically saying the same thing. Everything that's wrong in the country right now, I alone can fix it. And, and I, 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 the polling I'm seeing is basically people are saying, I don't buy that. You know, you, you may win the leadership, but show me that you've got a different vision. Right now, he's, he's, you know, he's really good at saying, let's blow everything up. Okay, uh, once the rubble you know, is there and, and you know, everything, what are you going to do? Well, he doesn't have any answers for that. And, and I'm not suggesting Trudeau does, but, you know, it's, it's going to take a while to do this. And it, the problem is, is every time we as a voting public start to overreact and simply say, oh, yeah, let's get the bums out. Let's blow everything up. Uh, we pay a heavy price for that later on. And I'm, I'm basically my plea right now is to say, look, step back 
and and let's think about this before we do something drastic because we've done something drastic in the past and it's blown up in our faces. One thing that I think we got to take a quick break here. One thing I think that we should have all learned by now is all the parties that all say I alone can fix this cannot fix it. There is we we are leaning I believe way we are putting way too much faith or reliance or uh, whatever else in government to solve all of our problems. I don't believe there is such a thing as a politician or a government that can solve all of our problems. And yet when they don't, we blame them. And, and it's, 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 a, it's a cycle that it's never going to go away because the, the problems are too deep now. The best I think we can hope for is that they don't make things worse and maybe they make things a little bit better. But a full solution that we get back to the, the Canada of whatever year when everybody got along and we all agreed on most of the things and the finances look pretty good and all the rest. I, I'm, I don't know, Bill, maybe I'm just too cynical, but I don't see that coming. I don't care who's in power. Well, and, and at some point, I, I know you're going to break here, but at some point we as, as a, a public and as a voting public have to understand, maybe it's time for government to back off and let, and let things work themselves. Amen. Out. Amen. A hundred percent. I, and you know, what's, what's I, that you, old joke, Scott? You know, the worst thing could happen to you is so somebody knocks on the door and says, I'm from the government and I'm here to fix all your problems. You yeah, know, the Ronald Reagan the line. Yeah. No, the Ronald Reagan line. And it's true. And I, 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 I could not agree with you more. And I'm not, uh, I'm not an, uh, an anarchist. I'm not a, of a belief no. that we have to get rid of all government. I don't believe that all government is evil. But I think that we have too much of it right now. There's too many people thinking that government is the solution to all of our problems. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Period. Well, let me put it this way. We we have a global inflation problem. We have a number of different issues. It's not affecting Canada. It's affecting just about every nation. And and to suggest that, well, this government's going to fix it is, is, is naive at best. Uh, and ludicrous at worst. And and we've just sometimes have to say, look, at, let's let this thing work out and, and stop looking at Ottawa or Queen's Park or everything to solve all of our problems because they don't have the solution. So sometimes the best thing government can do is say, okay, we'll set the, the guardrails and, and let's let private sector and let's let other people work this thing out. And we don't need too much government. Sometimes we need government to set the rules and then just say, okay, Let's let's let this work out, and that's what's happened time and time again. I'm, I'm afraid that too many people have too many hands on this right now, and and that usually makes a, a bad situation worse. Yeah, and we got to run. Any time, any government that tries to be everything to everyone is bound to fail. Uh, uh, that's my belief. We can uh, we can take that up later, but uh, you can't be everything to everyone. It's just not possible. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Bill, today is September the 9th. What happens more on September the 9th than any other day of the year? Any idea? Uh, anticipation of September 10th. <laughs> yes. That's, that that answer right there, that's like the Cliff Clavin answer on Cheers when he goes on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, Normie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he got it, when he was on Cheers, and the question was like, "What do Babe Ruth, uh, Betty White, and Abraham Lincoln have in common?" And his answer was, "He bet all of his money on Final Jeopardy." And his answer was, three people have never been in my kitchen, Alex." Yeah, <laughs> Tailgate, <laughs> Technically, that's true. Not what we we're looking for. No, September the ninth is the most common birthday in the year. Get out of here. Yep, more people born really? on September nine, which means, well, you know what that means, right? Like, let's work it back. There's a lot of people who are feeling frisky just before Christmas or just around Christmas. <laughs> that's what that is. So, yeah, that's, um, I was September 4, so I clearly know. You're, 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 you're there, or you're in the cusp. I know what was going on. I, and, and I see, I was born on Labor Day, which I always thought was rather appropriate, at least for, you know, for my mother who had me. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right, uh, speaking of Labor Day. That was a segue that I hadn't planned, but boy, it works really, really well. Speaking of Labor Day, uh, your your Ham- <laughs> yeah, uh, your Hamilton Tiger Cats. I'll, I'll give it to yours right now because uh, the way they've played, I, I do not want to be uh, uh, tied to them too much. Uh, they stunk. They were horrible. This year has been a disappointment way beyond what I think anybody could have possibly imagined. I know there's been injuries. Every team has injuries. Um, what do you do with this team right now? Because it's just, it, 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 there's talent there, but it just looks like a mess. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's the frustration that I think I feel. I mean, I, I, as Rebecca and I sat there on on Labor Day, I, it was so frustrating, uh, because we anticipated things were going to be good. They didn't 
played well for a couple of games, but it's Labor Day and things are going to go fine. Uh, but when you start your third string quarterback and, uh, and you know, halfway through the game, you go to your fourth string quarterback, uh, what do you expect? I mean, th- th- those are the results that you're going to get in situations like this. It just seems that everything can go that could go wrong with this team, Scott, has gone wrong. And I agree with your assessment. This is not a bad football team. This is a, a team with a lot of talent on this team that's playing bad football. And there is a difference. Uh, yep. You know, they make mistakes. They make mental errors when they shouldn't. All of these things combined to cause these sorts of things. You know, throwing the ball into triple coverage. That that doesn't mean you're a lousy quarterback. That means you made a bad decision. Uh, deciding to, you know, field a punt on the one-yard line when there's 18 Argos around you is a bad decision. These are the sorts of things that these guys do, and they do them consistently. And, and it's so frustrating for the fans because we know that they can be better. I mean, I've I've been a fan of some crappy teams over the years, football, baseball, hockey, you name it, and say, well, <laughs> yeah, they give it their best effort. Too bad they lost nine nothing, uh, but or twenty eight nothing or whatever it was. But we know this team can be better. We know the talent is there, and it's awfully frustrating to see that it's not even. It, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's not being utilized properly. Uh, I I really don't get the the idea here as to what's going to happen, and and. You know, this, the season's flittering away right now. This is a team that went to the Grey Cup the last two years. Mm-hmm. And the anticipation was they were going to make it three. And maybe he wouldn't this year. Uh, I'm not so sure now. Well, especially <laughs> he, because... Look, he said it, it's a massive understatement. Well, yeah, but I mean, look, your point is 100% right about we expected it to be three. And the evidence backs it up because yeah. look how bad the East is. If you had been even mediocre, you're running away with this division right now. It's there for the taking, and yet you're not taking it. So here's the question now, Bill. I am I am giving you a promotion right now. You are no longer Bill Kelly, host of the Bill Kelly Show. You have been promoted to general manager and president of the Hamilton Ticats. Your word carries all the weight. What you say goes. You are the monarch of the football program right now. You are the new King Charles of the football team. You're hosting the Grey Cup next year. You desperately, because we saw how much better things were last year when Hamilton was in the Grey Cup, what a benefit that was. You desperately want your team playing in that game next year. Do you look at this team and say, we've got the talent, it's just been one of those bizarre years with injuries and bad luck, but we keep this group together, it's going to be really good again next year and we'll be in the Grey Cup game. Or do you say, "Ah, I can't risk that, we got to make some big changes. What do you do? Uh well, first of all, you have to look back, I guess, and decide about some of the decisions they made before that. And I know after Labor Day, yeah, should have kept Speedy. Yeah, look at it, he got two touchdowns. He, he he made them. He embarrassed them with the second touchdown. You know when he was doing that that sweep, that reverse, and he he held the ball up like he was going to throw it. And I, I'm yelling at the stands. He's not left-handed. What are you guys backing <laughs> off for? He can't throw the ball with his left hand. But but they did, and he scored a touchdown. Uh, that that's the kind of frustration that we're feeling right now. I, I I agreed at the time with the decision. Okay, maybe it's time for the Tiger Cats and Speedy to part ways, and, which does not mean he was useless. Of course, he's still got some talent. But I believed in in the, some of the people that they had here, the Tim Whites and and the Dunbars and others, and said they're going to fill that gap. Well, they haven't, and that's the problem. It's not the decisions they've made; it's the people that are supposed to be performing that didn't. And and you can make an an argument that maybe Ackland should have stayed. Uh, they didn't make much of an effort to sign him again. He's he's doing pretty well with the, the Red Blacks right now, and and trying to rub it in Hamilton's face every chance he gets. I guess that, but uh, but it's 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 just the fact that you want people to step up in situations like that, and a lot of this has to do with personnel and evaluating personnel and bringing in the right people. Uh, I I personally and and you know I I'm not on the management team. Oh, I guess I am. You disappointed me. Uh, I wish they'd kept Sean Burke. Quite frankly. Uh, the player development guy who had been there for so many years and was a key element in bringing some of the talent in here and evaluating the talent and evaluating what's going on in the season and maybe bringing in people that had to. Uh, Berkey went to Ottawa. Of course, he got a great offer from the Red Blacks. And uh, and God bless him. I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and he's he's loving it up there. He's got his family up there. And, and I know they had a terrible start too, but they seem to be getting their act together now. You know, they didn't have a quarterback. I mean, they, you know, he signed Jeremiah Mazzoli, the former Tiger Cat, and uh, he got injured and, and that, oh, their season's done. Uh, Berkey had a, a fabulous way of, of saying, okay, let's pivot. Let's do this. And he, he brought Arbuckle in here who kind of kicked around a couple of different teams, but he seems to have been working out there and it's, it's working. I'm not suggesting that, you know, that everything's going to be roses for them, but you need somebody who can do that right now. And when, when Sean Burke left, 
they pretty much I, I, and I dump a lot of that responsibility onto onto Coach O and simply said, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And that was great because he's a brilliant guy and I love him to pieces. But he's got too much on his plate to be able to evaluate talent and look for guys and, and do that. It's a separate job. And I, I, I think that's part of the problem here. He's yeah, not everybody many- can be Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill well, exactly. Belichick is one of those guys who can do everything because he doesn't seems like have any life other than football and he can work for 23 hours a day and live on one hour sleep and be successful. But there are very few individuals, I don't care how bright you are or how passionate you are, there's very few people that can do that. And it's not an insult to say that you can't. Uh, maybe it seems as an insult in the game, but it's not an insult to say, you know what, you're a really good coach. So tell you what, do what you're really good at and let's let someone else do something else they're really good at and make this thing work. Because I, you're good at one thing you know, doesn't guarantee... Orlando Steinauer, I think, is a really good coach. The players love him. I mean, you, know, you look at the first year we coached them. I mean, uh, we, we had an incredible season. You know, we ruled the league. Sadly, didn't win the Grey Cup that year, but I mean, everything was going so well. Uh, and that seemed to be the formula. Uh, and when you've got something like that, to simply say, okay, now you have to do this, 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 and this. And and look at, you know, if you, you're not going to say, no, I don't want to do that. You think, okay, I can do that as well. But it's just too much on the plate to be able to do that. And I think you need somebody, you need different eyes on this situation. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a couple of other things going on here too, that, that I, I think have to be factors into this. And, you know, you know, we've got, a great ownership group here, uh, you know, with Bob Young and, and Scott Mitchell and, and, and Matt Afanek and so many other great people that work in the organization. But you know what? They're running two teams, and that's hard. And as a matter of fact, they're running one team and a league and another team. Uh, so, you know, they're only 24 hours in the day. Uh, you know, so I, I, can you pay attention to this, this, and this, or should you delegate and say, we're going to run Forge and they're going to be great. We're going to run that league and it's going to be great. Uh, but we need somebody who's going to look after just football. And you've got, I think, too many people in this organization right now that are multitasking. And if I'm stepping on toes, I'm sorry. But I think that's something that they have to come to grips with. They're all great people, talented people. But as you say, there's only 24 hours in the day. You can only do so much. Between Coach O and some of the other people in the organization, maybe it's time to simply say, okay, you focus on this, and we're going to get somebody to focus on this, and we can make this work. That's that's how other successful teams do it. And I I think we've kind of lost that focus in the last little while. Mm. So back to the question, you are the guy in charge. Do you blow it all up before no, next year or, or do you say we're going to make this work and hope that it turns out because it should be better than it is? Well, you can't blow anything up at this stage. I mean, you know, somebody was saying, remember the old days, you know, I was, I was talking with, you know, Mark Sazio, Ralph's son, a couple of days ago. And, you know, but in those days, well, the NFL cuts are coming up, you know, because the NFL season starts. So there's always a bunch of guys and we can bring them up. That doesn't happen anymore. Uh, there was no lifeline like that. You know, the, the NFL taxi squads are as long, as big as the rosters we have here in the CFL. And and those guys make about 90,000 bucks a year just for sitting on their duff and doing nothing. So they're not going to come up here. You've got to do with what you've got. This is the team. This is the team the structure you've got. Uh, the, the one question I do have, and, and maybe you can offer some insight because you talk to these guys on a pretty regular basis. Uh, what's Kahari Jones doing? Um, they brought him in here. I, I got a lot of respect for him. He was a great player. I, I thought he did a pretty decent job as coach of the Alouettes as well. But, you know, they, they decided to, to let that go. My coach, he did brought it in there. Uh, does he have a role here? Is he, is he a, an offensive coordinator in waiting? Is, is he a quarterback coach? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I would, I would guess. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but to, yes, I think you nailed it right there. I think Bill nailed it right there. That is uh, a offensive coordinator in waiting. If Tommy Condell doesn't get this thing turned around, the guy who's right there now, pretty soon, uh, you've got your guy in house. We'll see if that happens. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Last week, I was talking about this on the show, and we were laughing about this. But in reality, it's it's this is not. I mean, it's funny in a sense, but it's also it, it's spreading, and it's the use of new words that mean the same thing, but it's much more complicated. And it's not being clear. I'll give you a few examples. These are actual phrases that people have now used to say something. For example, uh, if you're breaking the law, what you are is you are not aligned to legislative requirements. Or if you're fired, it's a voluntary, or if you leave the work, it's a voluntary employee separation. Um, If you are uh, uh, Amazon's uh, CEO, Jeff Bezos and his wife um, had a period of separation. It was referred to by them as a long period of loving exploration. (laughs) 
um, let's see here. A couple other ones uh, that are just, yeah, that are, um, rid- where was the one that was so ridiculous here? There were a couple other ones. Um, oh, a, qu- a quarantine center was a national vaccination allocation horizon or a center for national resilience. And, um, and uh, a-, a shark attack was a negative encounter. Well, okay, so, I mean, these are all ridiculous. And yet we know that this happens all the time. Governments, other people, big business, whatever else, they decide to do this stuff and to try and use new words to say the things that we know that the words really are. Why do they do this? Uh, to take the sting out of it and, and to try to, you know, wordsmith everything so that people don't get uh, ticked off. Uh, it's Friday night. Can I say pissed off? Okay. Um, Lisa Laflamme is a classic example. You know, the, the, the decided not to renew the contract. Uh, we talked about football just a few minutes ago. The Tiger Cats and Speedy Banks mutually agreed uh, that uh-huh. it was time to part ways. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, and, and that's, it's all an idea to try to couch things and to try and make them, you know, not as offensive and, 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 and as inflammatory, I guess, as they could. And you're right. It's a, it's a talent. I mean, they, they hire people uh, and pay them a lot of money to be able to say, okay, how are we going to say this? So we don't get uh, angry phone calls and uh, they get them anyway, regardless or emails or whatever the case is going to be. But it's, it's a PR attempt really to, to, to try to, to blunt the, the, you know, the message and try to figure, okay, it's, it's not as bad as people think. And please don't get angry at us. Please don't yell at us. Yeah. But maybe we can, maybe we can obfuscate and make it so difficult for you to know what we're talking about that you won't get it. This one, uh, bank, uh, bank bonuses were given out. They were deemed short-term variable remunerations to elicit a discretionary effort, <laughs> whatever yeah. the heck that means. And it's like, okay, we don't want to explain that we gave a bonus. So let's try and make it so complex that no one has any idea. I, I, I honestly believe that, and I know, look, we, we can agree on certain things or disagree on certain things with Pierre Polyev. He did come up with a brilliant idea the other day, which was a law somehow that would require governments to speak plainly. I don't know how you do that, but that is a great idea because for this exact point, governments should be required to not use this kind of mumbo jumbo gibberish. They should be required to speak in a way that the people understand. Well, my initial reaction when he said that, uh, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. You just want to dumb everything down, you know? Uh, but then I did a little research into this and the UK actually has a law very similar to this, uh, that says, okay, it's, it's the same thing you and I do when we go talk to our doctors or anybody else or your banker or any, please speak English to me. Okay. Right. You know, get away from the mumbo jumbo. I'm not an expert in this. Make us understand. And, and you know what? Good politicians will do that. Good doctors will do that. You know, bottom line it for me, okay? And 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 you're right. I mean, oftentimes, uh, you know, when they, they come out with the announcements of a government or whatever the case might be, they they basically dress it up to try to make it sound as if everything's fine. This is a great idea. You know, it doesn't have. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to be great for everybody. And and it, it's it's frustrating when you see this because you know when you try to read between the lines and understand just what they're trying to say here. Uh, they're, they're candy coating something that you probably would find unpalatable in any other circumstance. I, I, I look, I, I have no problem. Obviously, I, 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 people who work in academia, professors and researchers and all the rest, love them. They do great work, all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, the one knock I would say is if you ever read a, a paper, a, a research paper, whatever else, so often a $47 word is used where a $1 word would more than suffice and then people could understand what you're talking about. And, 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 it's, so, and it's, people have it's a, some people have a comfort level with that. I understand that. Yes, yes. Uh, and 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 you know, depending on your academic circumstance or whatever it is, uh, that may be part of your your lingo, part of your vocabulary. And and in some circles, it's totally acceptable. I get that. But I, I remember when uh, Barack Obama was running for president the first time when he was running against John McCain, and they had I think it was three debates that they had at that time, and. Uh, they 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 analyzed what was going on here, and and Obama's a brilliant man. I mean, he's you know they always a community organizer. He was a Harvard law professor. Okay, get off there. He was highly educated, brilliant in so many different facets. But you know his his people said afterwards they they had to basically say okay we have to reword this, and I don't want to say dumb it down. But they said he was speaking at probably at about a grade seven level as opposed to an academia level so that most Americans would understand what he's saying. And, he and got there's it. no he shame said, in that. He said, help me to do this. Because yeah, he, there's no he shame. So in, it, yeah, it's, it's, he wasn't ashamed of what he was, but he says, I want people to relate to me and understand. 
Uh, and we, we oftentimes don't even think about stuff like that and simply say, okay, we're, I mean, you used examples of people that are basically trying to blow smoke at people, but there are others that are simply saying, okay, uh, what's the word for this? I mean, you know, you Google this, you know, I, I don't want to say obfuscation. I want to say, you know, I'm, 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 you know, there's a, there's another word. There's a, a one syllable word that would fit. Show me what it is. And, and we're finding that a lot of the time. There's a benefit to using it. But at the same time, people can use also use this as a smokescreen to try to, to, to you know, to change the message or to cloud the message. We've got to go. Uh, well, good question. Why is monosyllabic such a long word? Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for being here all week. Bill, thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate your time today. A lot of fun, Scott. Thanks so much for bringing me on. Appreciate it. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.